All right. Hey, let's get started this morning. And uh, we're going to jump over to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter number four. Going to read a few verses together. Ephesians chapter number four. Starting in verse number 25, we're going to get this really awesome instruction. Much of it centers around communication. So Ephesians 4.25, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Let me just stop there. I mean, this this whole passage could be read. It's super powerful. But I just want to spend some time talking about speaking your marital language, speaking your marital language. One of the challenges about marriage is not just being in each other's space, though that can be challenging, but is really learning to speak each other's language. And I I mean, I think because most people have been married for a while, you understand what I mean by that. I'm not talking about you learn to speak. Although there, I, I do know of couples who got married and like, she spoke German and he spoke English. They, they literally did not speak each other's native languages and, and still got married and had to kind of figure it out as they went. I mean, that I don't even want to, wow, okay. But um, as we go along, we talked previously about some things to help us, like learning to define your words. How, how do you define words? How do you define this? You know, you think you're saying this, but this type of thing and... These types of things to help. And, and I hope that as we go along, what you'll end up doing is kind of building a communication toolbox, if you will. Communication toolbox. Because a lot of times we get in a situation where somebody's feelings got hurt. Most, most arguments really tend to start with somebody's feelings being hurt, believe it or not, if you kind of boil it down. But we're talking and there's some kind of misunderstanding and there's, you know, uh, you know, we're kind of going back and forth on things. And then if you're not careful because somebody's feelings hurt, you can go a different direction and get into more co- a combative stance. But typically we'll, we'll end up talking through things as we discover things about ourselves and we discover things about our spouse. Now, let me let me illustrate this and kind of ask a group question here. Is there anything that makes you anxious. Something that's come, I don't mean a stranger in my house at midnight. I I mean, (laughs) is there something that doesn't make other people anxious that makes you very anxious? Is there anything you can think about? And I'll, I'll, I'll give you an illustration of this. One of the things that I didn't kind of realize when I was, when I was single, because obviously I'm by myself, but when I got married, I realized if I am getting ready to leave and I think I'm going to be late for it, I start, anxiety starts building in me very quickly. Am I the only person? Anybody else has that? Okay. But I didn't realize that before because when I was single, I just left when I thought I should. And as a guy, it is a lot easier for me because 
if my outfit wasn't what it was supposed to be, my hair wasn't going the right direction, I didn't care because that wasn't my priority. My priority was I need to walk out the door. And so being single, I really didn't even notice it being a problem. I didn't even think about it. But then I get married and Sarah's, you know, she's very mindful. And so she's not only taking care of herself, but, oh, we were going to bring this too. And we, oh, we need to get the card and we got to fill the card out, write a nice little note in it. And we need to put that in this and we got to do this. And I'm just like, <laughs> and all of a sudden anxiety starting to build. And then by the time we get going, she's like, you know, uh, you know, what's wrong with you, right? What's wrong with you? Your, 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 your mood's changed. Uh, you're all agitated. What's wrong with you? You know, and it's like, well, you know, and I'm, I'm having trouble figuring out exactly what's going on. Right. Because this isn't, hasn't been a problem in the past, but now it is. And so over time you start to learn and you'll have these, you'll have these conversations where you start to explain, okay, here's what happened. And remember, it's not just understanding your spouse that occurs, but it's beginning to better understand yourself when, for instance, something that's a major value of yours has been kind of crossed, you know, or violated, I guess I could say, or you're involved in something that makes you anxious for me. And this is the weird, I don't know why this is, but when we were younger, especially when you're, you know, when you're dating, you don't have a home you can go both live in. Right. So you do all these other things and you get married. It's like, I just want to be at the house. But so we're, we don't always be out doing stuff. And so we go shopping and these different things. And I, I would realize, I started to realize, I didn't understand this, but if I'm in the same store for an extended period of time, I start getting anxious. And you don't realize when it starts because it's just a little bit, but as time goes on, it kind of builds up. And again, the same thing happened where we had this conversation where you know, hey, we came into the store, everybody was having a good time, right? But now your, your mood's completely changed, you know, sniffy, grouchy, whatever. What happened? Well, and by the way, it's really, it can be a powerful thing not to accuse your spouse, right? But to say, hey, it feels like your spirit's changed. Are you okay? And, and remember, you, you it come from a standpoint of help, not from, well, what's wrong with you? Not going to, not going to fix anything there. Um, so my wife would say, hey, you know, your spirit changed. What's going on? And it took me time to figure out, oh, hey, you know what? I've just been in the store too long. And we, and these were, these understandings that we came to took a, took time to work out. And I know this isn't everybody, but I feel like by and large as a whole, our society trying to protect themselves approaches marriage with this view of, cohabitation, right? That's not a biblical view at all. The biblical view is God designed men and women for each other because we need each other. And I, that, that gets missed. There are parts of you that can only get helped by a spouse specifically. Now that doesn't mean that you and your spouse are actually functioning correctly and meeting those needs. It's not to say that is happening. But that is God's design. And it's not just physically. Typically, that's the number one thing that gets brought up. But emotionally, like we're talking about, emotionally, as much as a spouse can be like one of the number one people to ramp up your anxiety or frustration, a spouse can be one of the number one people to help settle things down. Because they know you. They know what bothers you. Another anxiety that's really common, being in crowds. Being in crowds. There's a lot. Of, and I don't mean like five, this room. I mean like you know Disneyland, right? There's a lot of people. And what I actually want to talk about today, 
or one of the tools that I want to talk about building and putting in your communication toolbox as a couple is what I would call, for lack of a better term, catchphrases. Catchphrases. Now, let me define what I'm talking about with catchphrases. So, we've used a lot of these illustrations, but I'm going to go back to the, the store one, right? There was this event in my marriage where me and my wife were out, we're having a good time together, we both agreed this is what we want to do, and so we're walking around, and then I'm just too much time in one place, and I'm kind of, I'm just getting anxious, and I don't realize, totally understand that it's happening, and my spirit's changing, my mood's changing, Sarah's still laboring under the delusion that we're having a good time, <laughs> and at some point, she realizes, okay, wow, like, you're grumpy, you're, what, what happened, you know, so now this big conversation ensues, not a bad conversation, a good conversation, where I'm beginning to understand myself, she's beginning to understand more things about me, all this is, we're talking back through, well, this is what happened, and all this other thing, and we've learned We've had this big, and I mean, for sometimes these conversations, and I know it's different when you have kids and and other responsibilities. You kind of, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, it's, we're going to pick this up in evening when the kids go to bed or whatever else. And, but you find your time and you have these conversations and they can be one, two, three hours long. And you are not going to, in all likelihood, go back and rehearse these entire conversations, but you can reference them. You can reference them. So the next time I was in a store, uh, and, and I just told my wife that kind of the conclusion of the situation was I've just spent too much time in the same store. And it's not like if we just go to a different store, I'll start to feel a little bit better. But that was kind of the phrase I used, too much time in one store. Well, then the next time, this was weeks later, we're out, we're doing something. And we'd been to a lot of places. Everything was fine. And then I, I noticed, I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, I remember that feeling. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think I'm starting to just, I've been here too long. I'm kind of starting to anxiety a little bit, all this kind of stuff. And Sarah came over and she said, what's going on? All I had to say was too much time in the same store. Catchphrase. That's all I said. I didn't say anything else. And she went, let's get out of here. Or, hey, let me just buy this and we'll, we'll get out of here. Why don't you head out? I'll meet you outside. Let me finish this and I'll come catch up with you. I didn't get resistance. I didn't get annoyance. I didn't get any of that. I got total support. And this is so important because... In just a moment, I was able to clearly communicate on the level that she needed. And this is one of the difficulties that happens in critical conversations with couples where, and I think guys, you figured this out. We'll we'll talk about why later, okay? But because of the way God has designed women, women need more words than men do. And we got to be really careful because sometimes I hear people talk like men are superior because of that or we're inferior because of that. Just depends where you Both of those are inaccurate. Both of those are inaccurate. It's different. That's what's important. God makes us different for a reason. So by and large, and your, your wife may be the exception of the rule because of learned behavior over time. That's fine. But women need more words than men typically need. Right. And there's a a lot of reasons for that. And again, we'll talk about that later. But so to say to a woman and my wife, anytime I'm working with other guys to plan an event, my wife cannot handle it. And she refers to it as man planning. (laughs) Man planning for a trip kind of goes like this. Blue, you want to go to the game Friday? Cool. All right. Done. (laughs) Early in my marriage, 
my wife would begin asking questions. She has since given up, which is wise. Well, who's driving? I don't know. When are you going to leave? Before the game. Well, who's paying? Us, I'm assuming. You, you don't have a plan. You're not going anywhere. Well, yeah, I am. Where I never talked to Blue about it. No, you didn't. You didn't talk about anything. Right? And again, women need more words because the way that God made them and, and the, their detail-oriented nature and different things like that. Whereas with men, fewer is better. And that's why it's difficult for men. A lot of times we come home, it's like, how was your day? Good. And, and I want to point this out. Because of the way men are engineered by God, and this isn't, again, you can learn different behavior. It is possible, and some men do. So don't feel like I'm just blanketing this, but, all, but I'm, I'm talking about in basic design. Men have this kind of single, singular focus, and so that, that works with us. And we're, men are tend to look at the whole, whereas women tend to see things in the details, right? And again, there, we, we can help meet each other's needs and are great companions because of that. So a wife says to a husband, honey, how do I look? Okay, now remember, what does she tend to, how does she view the world typically? Well, through the details, right? She wants to know about color matching and fit and all these other things. What do men tend to look at? The whole, right? So a guy's sitting there going, oh, my overall impression is you look good. Now, I want to say this. You can learn other behavior. And again, my wife has done a great job communicating with me. And so I, I, I give different communication now. But, you know, earlier on, I was like, how do I look? And I'm like good. My yeah. overall impression is you look yeah. good. And this is, by the way, ladies, I'm trying not to get, you know, too off track. This don't, don't belittle this. This favors you dramatically. You may not realize it because as women get older, right? Have kids, your body is changing. Women are very insecure about their body. Oh my soul. You know, I don't look like I used to and everything. And a lot of times you're thinking, oh, I'm not attractive at all. We're still operating off naked woman. We're doing good. <laughs> Things look, I'm happy. Things look good. And, right? It's true. It's true. Wives are just like, oh, I feel so unattractive. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> still good. Matter of fact, better than the outfit. Right? It's true. You're laughing because you know it's true. Ladies, if your husband was as detailed as you, you would have some of the same insecurities and things. And you don't want that. We help each other, right? That's, and so, and, and, uh, and that's why a lot of times ladies will ask their husband and say, how do I look? And we can tell you totally brush us off. Oh, you look good. And then you go ask some lady. You know, some lady will say, oh, that, that dress looks really nice. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I gave you a big compliment at the house, and it was brushed up. Well, you're supposed to feel that way. You're my husband. Right? Now, you've, like, disregarded what we've tried to say. And the truth is, we're being honest. We weren't just saying it because we have to. Maybe some of you guys are. By and large, men or not. We're just, we're being honest, but we don't see it in the details necessarily. Now you can, and again, that's, you can learn that behavior. And my, I, my wife's communicated to me things that are very important to her. So if she asked me how she looks, I will give very specific details left to myself in the wild. Good. <laughs> no clothes, better, but I'm just, okay. So you learn, you learn 
to develop these communication tools in your toolbox by kind of catchphrases. Catchphrases can help accomplish a lot of things in a small amount of time because you're building off of previous conversations you've had. Now, why is this important? And this is what I was just referencing. Because ladies need more words because of the details, but men, by and large, don't necessarily do great with them. And this is, a, this is and I'll get into a third kind of area of complexity here. And I know, again, not every married couple functions the same way. That's why you have to have your own communication toolbox. You have to have your own catchphrase, things that work for you guys, things that you, that help communicate thought and transfer thought back and forth for you. But for myself, when I get stirred up emotionally, like frustrated or hurt or angry, I've noticed through the years, a couple of things happen. One is that my mind does not move as quickly because I'm now not only trying to process what I'm thinking about, I'm trying to process the emotion. So as far as just the pure brain side of things or logic side of things, it's not moving as quickly as it normally does. Two is my memory is is not as quick and responsive when I feel anxiety or something like that. One of the areas that's been difficult for me through the years is working here at the office. Pastors say, Brother Dan, whatever we do with this, and I'm like, oh, 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 and I can't remember anything. My mind just goes blank because he wants an answer instantly, and I don't have instant recall. And because God has made, by and large, God has made women detail-oriented, their short-term memory gets used more frequently and to a greater degree than men's do because they're remembering not just events but details. And so you kind of get to this space. We have to be careful because we get to this space as men where we say, well, you know, you said this, you said that. And you got to be careful because women's memories. And it's funny because my wife will say, I'll say, well, honey, you said this. And she'll say, no, I didn't. And I go, well, yeah, you did. And she'll say, you said, I don't know if you've ever had this happen. She'll say, you said, and quote, verbatim. <laughs> verbatim the exact words and I'm like that's what I said no that's not what you said you said dot 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 oh okay and so sometimes when we're trying to communicate back and forth to each other we struggle with understanding the differences between hey one of us is going to be more because every couple's this way one of the two is going to be more detail oriented the more detail oriented is going to have a stronger short-term memory the person now let me advocate for us non-detail people the person with the, the stronger memory should not use that as a whip against the person who doesn't. You should just both understand. And so a lot of times we're, me and my wife are recalling a situation, I will lean to her memory because I know, I know it's stronger than mine. And that's okay. I'm not inferior because of it. So we get into a conversation. I think about this. My wife, now I'm the kind of person who's like, oh, you know, I get in a situation. Memory's not as great. A logic's moving a little bit slower because it's also trying to process emotion. My wife, opposite. We get an argument, her brain speeds up and her memory is sharper. Now she can remember everything about everything. That makes a really rough conversation. <laughs> to think about the two. That makes a really rough conversation. So my wife can recall last October, you know, at 2.30 in the afternoon, you said X, Y, Z. And it's like, uh, but think about this. Now think about this. When you have a catchphrase, it actually accomplishes something for both parties involved, right? 
So I'm in a store, anxiety's building up, I'm getting frustrated, that's affecting my mind, my logic, right? Uh, I don't have to sit down, calm, remember everything we said in the preceding conversation. I don't have to relive it all. All I have to use is a catchphrase. Hey, too much time in one store. But my wife, who is the detail-oriented person, who has amazing recall, can go back, see the whole situation and go, that makes perfect sense. Hey, let's get out of here. Let's get you out of here. Catchphrase actually accomplishes things for both parties. You're not trying to, well, why do you keep asking me things? Or why are you shutting me out? You never want to talk about it. Right now, you're actually using long conversations of the past where you're learning about yourself, learning about your spouse, learning about how things affect each other. And then from there, you can use smaller phrases that accomplish that. Ladies, because, again, because women are God-made detail-oriented, and again, this isn't every woman, you know, but when they communicate, you're going to notice they communicate in details because that's how they see the world. So it's not just, honey, how was your day? Is good. Now, some ladies do communicate that way. By and large, women don't. Honey, how was your day? Oh, it was good. I got it this morning, and the one kid this, and that this, and I had to grab this before we went to school, and then this, and there was this, and there was this, and there was this. And, and I've heard it, and we kind of make it this way. You know, uh, women need 10,000 words, and men need, and it's like we kind of mock one or the other. And we've got to be careful, because what you're actually mocking is how God has designed us. And that's a big mistake. Women are not broken because they communicate in a lot of details. That's the way they view the world. And by the way, that serves us amazingly well. Because if women view, and think about this, if, men, if women functioned with the same single focus consciousness that men did, we would have a lot less children in the world. It is very true. Because the second you got busy doing something else, the, the omnidirectional consciousness of, hey, what's going on with this kids? What's going on with this? Where's this? Where's this? Where's this? would go away, then we'd be in a lot of trouble. So for ladies, a lot of times they're giving a lot of details. Well, the problem is, is men, when men are receiving communication from a ladies, I'm genuinely trying to help you here. And guys, we need to be conscious of this. When men are listening to women, there's one of two things we're typically thinking, okay? We're subconsciously, subconsciously, one of two things. What is the purpose? What is the purpose of this conversation? Or two, what is the problem? What is the problem I need to solve? This is how we're, we're built as men. It's, it's, it's true. And then what will happen is we come to these, and I talked about this previously, we come to the wrong conclusions. Like I'm trying to talk to you, and you don't even care. That's not true. I, I, I absolutely do care. But I'm confused by the conversation because you're bombarding me with details, and I can't discern what's the purpose of our conversation or what's the problem I'm trying to solve. You go, well, there's not, you're not trying to do either. We're just connecting. We're spending time together. Oh, okay. I don't know that, right? See, you go, well, it's so simple, but it's true. There's a lot of couples. So what will happen is, now watch. Then, ladies, you'll come to a point where something is very important to you. And you start communicating that. We can't discern. As men, we, we, we can't discern between the two, right? We just thought, we didn't, I mean, we just, this seems more details to us. It just seems like more communication. We didn't know that this communication is way more important than the other communication. So if I may, ladies, a key phrase that I would 
recommend for you a catchphrase if you can establish it as a couple to add to your toolboxes. Before you say what you're going to say, use this catchphrase, this is very important to me. This is very important to me. You drop that in front of what you want to say, and I promise your husband's ears will perk up. Because you just told him a key phrase to the purpose of the conversation he's about to have. And sometimes, ladies, if you're going to talk about a situation where there was a problem, but you don't want your husband to solve it, what might you say at the beginning? I'm not asking you to solve a problem here. I want to let you know that. Right? And with pastor, I started doing this a long time ago with emails and even in some texts. I would put something at the beginning that would help his brain to know why he's getting this communication from me. Pastor, nothing to do here. Just want to give you an FYI. Then his brain knows, oh, okay. Because otherwise, as workers, you know, we're always hunting for the thing we need to do in there and what responsibility. And so what are some phrases that will help you? And I'd, I'd like you guys to talk about this maybe this week if you have time. One of those phrases that's helped me because I, I, I'm not as detail-oriented as my wife. And a lot of times she'll be asking me about things that I'm thinking. Well, it takes a while. Like if we we're going to sit and write a paper, my wife would sit down and the very first time, and her dad's this way too, the very first time she would write a final draft. Remember, remember papers in school, right? Thoughts, outline, rough draft, you know, draft, 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 final draft. My wife literally will sit down and write a final draft first time. That's who she is as a person. Me? Oh, man. There, there is no final draft, right? <laughs> there, there, there is no finish line. I'm always developing back and forth and everything. So one thing that's really helped me to say to my wife is, okay, I haven't fully thought this through yet. Because she lives in a world of final drafts. And I don't. So sometimes when I'm just thinking things or I just want to talk about things, I've, I've had to learn a way to say... Don't treat this like it's a final draft because it's not. I'm just thinking about this. And if I don't talk about the things I'm thinking, you feel like I'm shutting you out, right? That doesn't work either. So, hey, this isn't a final draft here. This is just something I've been thinking about. This isn't you know, fully thought through. Believe it or not, it takes a lot of pressure off both of us. Then, I'm, then she knows what expectations she has. Now, some of these things are common, right? But what is, and again this week, what are some catchphrases that you use and then also maybe are there some that you should develop? And I would just say, even over this last week, my wife and I have developed a few more for us. And I've, as I'm going through life and learning and growing in marriage, I'm realizing the, the deep value of these catchphrases because it allows me in a moment where I don't have clarity or total clarity, I should say, to use a short phrase that I can remember, but that still communicates a great deal to her and gives her a lot of details because of previous conversations and it strengthens our ability to communicate with each other. So there you go. Add to your couple's communication toolbox.